This is your captain speaking. Welcome to another episode of DJ's Aviation Podcast. All systems are go, so lean back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. This is DJ's Aviation Podcast. Everything aviation. Everything aviation. Aviation news, airline developments, analyzing route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news, and we talk about world events and life. DJ's Aviation has a Discord server that's officially partnered with Discord, and you can join with a link in the show notes or using the vanity URL discord.gg slash aviation. This is the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and now your host, Dan. A very warm welcome back to the DJ's Aviation Podcast. Not necessarily a fresh start, but more so a bit of an upgrade. Now, you may not be able to visually or even hear the changes, should I say, to this podcast, but what I would say is we're now on more platforms, or I am now on more platforms than ever before. I finally decided to make the change in my server hosting platform. Initially, I was using SoundCloud, which, to be completely honest with you, was and is by no stretch of the imagination the best platform for hosting a podcast. It meant that the platforms you could find this podcast on were very limited. I think we really only had Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud... Uh, Google Podcasts and potentially Amazon, although after some further inspections, it would definitely be or seem apparent, pardon me, that that was not the case. Um, so yeah, I eventually did make the switch to Buzzsprout. This is being recorded on Saturday, the 11th of June. Um, I'm not too sure when it is going out, though. That being said, the way you can consume podcasts nowadays means it doesn't necessarily matter when it's being published, but I just thought I'd let you know for some uh, added background for the podcast when it's being recorded. And um, yeah, made the switch to Buzzsprout, so that means we are discoverable on a host of new platforms, and what I can do right now for you is find out, well, not find out, but inform you on where I'm listed, so that means you can go to whatever platform that you do wish to use, and there's quite a lot. So beginning right off the bat, your main ones are always going to be Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I think they're probably the main two where it comes to people listening, uh, to my podcast at least. But we do have Google, Amazon, Stitcher. Uh, I should be getting listed on iHeartRadio and Pandora very soon. We're on TuneIn Plus, Alexa, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, podcast index and because naturally i'm on apple podcasts you can also listen automatically on overcast castro castbox and podfriend so to my knowledge there's way more than 10 potentially even approaching 20 different uh, podcast streaming platforms that i'm now on and uh, definitely do take the time to give uh to listen on whatever platform of your choosing i mean like i said we have potentially Apple Podcasts, Spotify, but there's a host more. It doesn't really matter where you listen. Just find somewhere that is best for you. And yeah, as I'll always say, though, if you do enjoy, do be sure to drop the podcast a bit of a review, pardon me. Uh, in the next episode, I'm going to do my very best to go through some of the more recent reviews. There's not too many written ones. I do know you have the ability to give a rating review on Spotify, but unfortunately, no message is included in those. So all I can sort of say is thank you to those that have decided to review the podcast on Spotify. Um, it's definitely greatly appreciated on that front. Anyway, 
As the name suggests, and as we've cleared a little bit more of the admin work out, today's episode is centering around my experience flying American Airlines. Uh, We are tracking back a little bit, so more recently coverage has been on, as you're probably aware, uh, the the flights, pardon me, as there were many, plural, to Canada. So that was Qantas and multiple flights with Air Canada. Uh, Now, though, we're moving actually back to January. Uh, Wait, let me just double check with you. Was it January? No, I think it may have been February. Ooh, see, now I'm getting getting myself confused when I flew American Airlines. Uh, It was February, my bad. I flew Delta uh, in January back and forth, but then I flew American Airlines. So, yes, this is my experience flying American Airlines from uh, Los Angeles through to Sydney. Um, and this was after my Air Canada A220 flight from Montreal to, naturally, Los Angeles. That should just give you a little bit of reference of where we are at. I have already covered my experience on board the Air Canada A220. Um, I compiled that together with uh, my flight on the 737 MAX, so just go check back in the podcast directory or, like, episodes, and you should be able to find that one. Uh, but this is almost the continuation from the USA Adventure because I never really... Well, not even USA Adventure. It's just a continuation from those flights uh, that I never had the chance to cover because other things came up, interviews came up, and, and all that kind of thing. Speaking of, I'm hoping to get some more interviews done in the future for you all, but like I said, that's going to depend on on, on several things, whether or not I'm able to get anyone on that's interested, and um, yes. But I hope you have been enjoying the content. So... Uh, where we'll take we'll take off, if you will, is uh, not really because I'm technically landing into Los Angeles at the time. But yes, landing into Los Angeles on the A220 with Air Canada uh, was a night arrival, so it was already dark. I don't know what time it was when we arrived in. Um, it may have been eight nine p.m. potentially. I think it actually was maybe around nine p.m. And then my American Airlines flight went out at like eleven thirty. So. Uh, Transiting, I had to transit at Los Angeles, which I've never done before. I've been to Los Angeles so many times, especially recently, uh, whether it was flying through or just simply um, visiting, and uh, I've never transited through it. So that was a new experience for me. And to be completely honest with you, it was a tiny bit confusing. Um, I couldn't tell you what terminal I arrived at, um, but obviously I was flying uh, with two with pardon me American Airlines. To Sydney, that was where I was headed to that specific gate in the main international terminal, if you will. Um, but there was about a 20 to 25 minute walk that I faced in turn, um, which was it was very weird because I wasn't sure whether I had to collect my luggage. Uh, I've received so many mixed messages from employees at airports along my journeys. Like I always ask, and this is something I always worry about when I do check. Well, I always check a bag. Um, at what points do I need to collect it? Because, you know, sometimes when you're flying, you need to collect it at a certain airport if you have a layover, and then sometimes it goes all the way through. Um, I still don't understand how that works, because sometimes it goes through with certain airlines, and sometimes it doesn't. And then in some locations, I need to collect it, but then sometimes I don't, because then it's customs are involved. Um, it's very, very weird. And I just get confused with that. Like, I don't get stressed when I fly, but I always stress about my bag. And I just feel like trying to remember all my flight information, the last thing I want to try and focus on specifically is uh, what I've got to do with my bag. So I wasn't sure at this point where my bag, if I needed to collect it or not, or I needed to just go straight through transiting. Um, And I didn't want to get stuck on the 
outside part of Los Angeles. So I was like, I'm just going to transit and see what happens. And I was pretty panicky. And I thought I'd probably ask someone um, at the desk, you know, where you go to board at one of the boarding desks and ask them, is my bag here? Is my bag boarded? Is my bag processed through? If it's not processed through, at the very least, I can make a note and I hopefully will get it at some point. It'd be a massive inconvenience, of course, but it definitely wouldn't be the end of the world. And I'm sure there's a, a method to which I'd be able to get it back, um, even if it was a couple days wait. But thankfully, uh, as we'll get on to, it did end up on the plane, so I didn't need to collect it. That being said, the transit was pretty complicated. Um, there's a lot of... You're obviously walking underneath the airport. There's a lot of passageways, um, long stretched hallways. The best I could describe it is... If you've ever walked through some of the stations on the London Underground Network, which are very extensive, only some of them, of course, if you're uh, transiting between different lines, or should I say switching lines, you'll go through lots of hallways. It kind of reminded me of that, although it was probably a bit brighter, but a bit narrower, if that makes sense. Like The the walkways were not huge, um, and there was a lot of construction going on, so I don't know whether the hallways were even smaller, but lights were being pulled down. Definitely, obviously, getting a bit of a revamp. Um, so my time of arrival or my time of transit, pardon me, probably had me, get, pardon me, get caught at uh, maybe not the most the best time to be doing it, if you will. Uh, that being said, it was a very long walk, um, and I wasn't expecting that. I didn't know how far necessarily it was a walk between the two terminals. I don't think it was listed, but you just sort of find yourself like weaving around corners and then continuing straight, and you can't even see. Uh, like the end of the hallway that's how far it goes which is always funny I mean it's more of a it's funny looking back in hindsight but when you're in that moment you just want to get to your gate and you really don't want to be doing that long that long long walk or and so forth by the time I eventually arrived uh, or finished the transiting I had to do more walking um, as I'd arrived at that point at lots of American Airlines gates but the wrong ones uh, I'd arrived basically at the other end of the terminal, so I had to do more walking and then go through more corridors to then get to another terminal. Trust me, it, w- it was a whole process that was indeed very, very long, but I did make it. Um, this time there was no bus transfer like that when I flew Delta. That was a cool experience, but uh, it was more just walking this time. Certainly not as glamorous as an airside bus transfer, if you will. Um, as for Los Angeles as an airport itself, one of my favorites to fly through. I do really enjoy it every single time. There is a lot on offer, whether it be news agencies, there's lots of seating, there's lots of restaurants to my knowledge, at least from what I've seen. That being said, um, maybe there's not enough restaurants for some people, but I think there's something there for everyone uh, before your flight. Duty-free, couldn't give a toss about, so I have no idea if people are happy with duty-free in Los Angeles. I would, I've never bought anything from duty-free and I never will. Um, just not just not really my cup of tea, you know. Uh, but obviously, for some people, that's something they like. So I, I, I'm not going to say anything on that matter simply because I, I don't know whether it's a good duty-free or not uh, as someone who has absolutely zero interest in that kind of thing. Uh, that being said, I didn't eat anything. I was pretty shattered at that point. Um, so I just sort of made my way to my gate where at that point in time, British Airways and a New Zealand flight were leaving in, the, in close proximity. Uh, in New Zealand through to Auckland was the flight just before my one where my plane was going to end up there. An interesting note I should mention is um, 
The British Airways flight to Heathrow was very heavily delayed, um, a couple of hours, and when I was flying this American Airlines journey, at that point in time, um, it was a lot of it had to do with the issues regarding baggage, staffing, and uh, as you know, and I won't delve too much into it in this podcast, um, but British Airways have definitely been having some issues regarding staffing. Uh, they've had a lot of IT failures, which have resulted in bags not arriving, bags not being transported, people being stuck without bags for a week. It's been very, very messy, and it's been very hard on the employees that have been working. I'm sure there's a lot of fatigue in that airline, and um, look, the whole industry is facing a, a certain degree of fatigue, if you will. Some, though, are experiencing it to a different extent, whether it's the executive's fault or not. So yeah, delays um, on this British Airways flight were directly connected with the problems at Heathrow and system-wide around the world. It's not just affecting Heathrow, it was affecting all British Airways flights, no matter where they were originating or concluding. So that flight was delayed, I think, three hours, and you could definitely see a bit of tension rising in the passengers that wanted to board and obviously either go on their holiday or go home or even, say, continue their journey on. Um, as we approached my time of boarding, the Air New Zealand flight did indeed go away. Uh, something I always find intriguing and fascinating is watching um, the workers at the airport search for passengers. Uh, it's it's something I'll never understand how people just don't show up at their gate and they, they get lost doing something else. Not, not get lost in the airport, because that's totally understandable, but say get lost getting drunk in the bar or or shopping. Like I, I just I just figure... I find when you pay so much for a ticket, surely you'd want to be that in that said location at the right time. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot riding on you getting that flight and uh, missing it when you've paid quite an extensive amount. Look, flying is not cheap, especially long haul. Um, you're always looking at quite a lot of money, and especially to, say, Auckland. That's that's not like 200 bucks. That's well over 1000 potentially into the thousands. And, of course, if you're flying an upper class, well, then it's thousands and thousands and thousands. Uh, increasingly close to 10,000. Uh, so yes, I'll always salute those employees that have to go running and looking for people. So there was a little bit of a delay on that flight going out, but it did eventually go. Um, so I was just waiting and my gate was very, very empty, uh, which was very, very weird because uh, it was the gate listed as where I would be departing from. In addition, it was the gate listed on my phone. Uh, so through the American Airlines app, it was saying that gate, and I hadn't heard any announcement. Um, if you know, when they change gates at airports, they'll sometimes say uh, alert or something. Uh, AA73, let's just say as an example, is now departing from gate blah blah, not this gate. And you know, they'll kind of repeat it over and over again. So you do hear, but I had heard nothing about my gate being moved, and I, I was constantly checking the app like, okay, maybe my gate, maybe this flight's empty. Uh, but as we approached boarding, I think boarding was actually at potentially 10.45 or 11 p.m. And as we approached like 10.50, no one had shown up. And I was just sort of sat there like, maybe they're late. Maybe my flight is empty. To my knowledge, there weren't that many people set to be on the journey. Uh, that was just purely from having a look at seat maps and so forth. So I wasn't expecting a packed flight. Uh, but then again, sometimes that can change and sometimes the airline systems can have inaccurate readings. That's very possible. I've had that multiple times flying airlines where I've thought the cabin was going to be empty. Um, actually, funnily enough, this did happen on an Air Canada flight. Uh, it was showing it was empty and it actually turned out to be a complete full flight. So yeah, 
lesson to myself and I guess a lesson to you is never trust what the app may say or the, the seat bookings. There are some websites. Um, I wouldn't know the exact. Let me see if I have it in my bookmarks for you all while I have it open. Um, I think it's called... Ooh, no, I don't have the exact website, but I do know there's a website where you're able to see how many people have booked the seats and where. Uh, it's not like done through an airline. It's done through a different system. So that's definitely something to consider as well how accurate it is i think it's pretty accurate but like i said uh i've had experiences where it's been totally off anyway back to what i was saying i I went on a bit of a tangent there so my apologies no one had rocked up and now we were approaching like 11 10 so 10 minutes after boarding not only had there not been an announcement that boarding had commenced but there was nothing saying my gate had switched not even on the app Uh, i went to go and have a look at a board and there was still nothing it was still saying the gate that I was sitting at. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then I just thought to myself, you know what? I think this was now like 11.25, 11.30. So boarding had commenced 25 minutes ago. But, you know, nothing was saying the gate had switched. Not my phone, not the the boards, not any announcement. Because um, at that point, I wasn't even listening to music. Do you know what I mean? At that point, I was like, what is going on? Like, am I in the wrong terminal? Has something gone completely wrong? Um which, yes, is pretty funny if you're listening to this, but at that point, I was properly bricking it. Um, I just decided to walk down the terminal. I was like, why don't I just walk down the terminal, have a look at some of the planes, maybe I'll fucking find out what's going on. And uh, I rocked up, and I it's complete. I think it was about five gates away. It had my flight number and the people there, and it was empty. And well, not empty in the sense of... Um, it's not. It wasn't empty in the sense of there were no staff there because there were staff there. However there were no passengers and I was like this the flight to Sydney and they're like yeah I'm like what (laughs) really and they're like yeah and I was like but it set a different gate and like oh yeah did did it not change I'm like no it didn't change um and like oh no worries uh it's a pretty empty fly I'm like oh really and my face just lit up like absolutely no ends um and I said how empty and uh, to the credit, again, they're very, very good. They were very, very nice. I dealt with Donata again. And like you've heard in previous podcasts, um, Donata are just absolutely exceptional when it comes to how they are. And their, their staff are just brilliant. Definitely one of my favorite aviation companies. Uh, so I said to her, how empty? And she said, oh, there's literally no one. Like you, you have one person or three people in your whole section of economy towards the back. And uh, I was just like, my jaw dropped. I'm like, I can't believe this. This is this is the that's the best thing anyone can ever be told, bar the airline, of course. Is um, your plane's empty and there's no one next to you and no one even around you. So I was definitely in for a nice flight, especially being 14 and a half hours. So uh, I was pretty happy with that journey uh, before I'd even set off on it. As I got my boarding pass and had to, I think I had to show my vaccination thing because at this point. And maybe my negative test. Yes, I also had to do a negative test because at this point it was February. No, it was March, pardon me. And testing was still something that was was needed. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with it still being needed. It was a bit ridiculous at that point. But thankfully, I believe it's gone now with the United States uh, making that announcement for, I think, pre-departure and potentially also, like, I don't think you need it for arrival now. But either way, they've, they've gotten rid of the testing finally. Um... So yeah, some great news on that front. And uh, I provided all the staff. And then as I was about to board the aircraft, the lady who served me came running and she's like, I moved you to the other side of the cabin. I was like, oh. And she said, that's just because you had a family two rows in front of you. <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's... that's um, 
I know it's because it's an empty flight, but going the extra mile on that part, like being moved last moment to the other side of the cabin, um, purely same row, but just to the other side, purely because she didn't want me to be too close to the family and have a experience with like a crying baby and, and also didn't want the parents to be too close to me. And she just moved it. And I, th- I thought that was very, very nice. Um, obviously upon boarding it was pretty evident to see just how empty it was in hindsight i probably would have done a flight review but i didn't as i didn't do a flight review filming i was just didn't honestly didn't feel like it but given how empty it was i probably would have done it um i spoke to the cabin crew on board american airlines can pretty safely say that they're some of the nicest cabin crew i've ever spoken to and interacted with we generally just had a chat about everything for 30 minutes um well, I say the rest of the plane filled up, but it was more like the fueling in the bags because no one else really boarded. The flight was very empty. Uh, it was a lovely, lovely chat. Um, learned more about what they do, more of their routing, scheduling, where they live, um, how they work as cabin crew. Uh, it's an interview I'd definitely love to do. So if there, there are any cabin crew listening and you would like to have a chat about what you do, um, more than welcome to reach out. Uh, that's something I'd definitely be interested in. I think there's a lot of people that maybe would love to do that kind of thing in the future and learning a little bit about it from someone that directly works in that field could be very beneficial. Um, Onboard product on the 787 wasn't entirely bad. However, what I would say is uh, it's probably not the best. I was warned. I should say this. I was warned when I did say on Twitter that I was flying the 787 on American Airlines. A lot of people came back to me and said, you're making a massive mistake. Uh, it's going to be a terrible flight. And uh, obviously it wasn't a terrible flight because I had three seats to myself and the cabin was empty and I could lie down. But I have to be completely honest and completely transparent with what I say. And that is the cabin product is really not that good. Also, I do apologize for any road noise. It is pretty hot today. So uh, I've need to got the window open and the fan on. So a bit of a throwback to the London summers where... I had to have the fan and window open, and then you probably heard some street noise. Unfortunately, that's life. Um, I don't have an office. I don't have, like, a studio. I'm just doing this in a bedroom, so it's the best, unfortunately, I could do. So I do just apologize for any sound you may hear. Back to what I was saying, um, the cabin product is not amazing. Uh, probably one of the worst 787s I've flown in sense of onboard product and economy there's there's next to no leg room and this was probably the biggest issue and again something i was warned on i'm not very tall i'm about 510 511 maybe 510 so i'm not i'm not tall um and i don't have that long legs and i was cramped like my legs were really cramped uh, i could barely also with the tray table open it and it was like hitting my thighs which i've never had before do you know what i mean i've on any single flight on any aircraft in the history of all my flights which is about 53 or something i've never had this problem but the tray table on every seat was literally just like banging against my thighs it was not stable uh and for something that is so essential i couldn't quite believe it like in comparison to say another airline's product it was really horrific and even the spacing i felt so cramped even in my own seat so that's something i should mention to you i wouldn't recommend flying the 787 on american if you can um just just purely because i don't think it's 
worthwhile your money. There are many other airlines with probably better products, and obviously legroom is pretty important when you're flying long haul. Uh, not so much for me because I had the three seats to myself, but like I said, I'm I'm being honest in my review, and I don't want to say, oh, it was an amazing experience. I did notice something bad, but I won't tell you that because it didn't necessarily impact me. Uh, obviously, the tray table did. The legroom, not so much because, like I said, I had three seats, but for a moment there, I did sort of sit down normally like if someone was sitting next to me, and I, I sort of took a step back and really could see just how bad it was, um, and... Again, that's validating what a lot of people have said about the aircraft and airline experience overall with that carrier. So, also, I have a peanut allergy, so explain that to the staff, and the staff were really good throughout. You definitely get a more personal experience when the flight is more empty. I'd argue you get a personal experience in any upper class as well, but I was flying economy, so I got sort of a more personal experience in economy, whereas in I c- continuously was like chatting with the staff. And like I said, that's not something I normally do, but they found them to be really, really pleasant um, and like genuinely pleasant. Not Sometimes you'll see people that will be have maybe like a forced presence, um, whatever it may be, whether it's cabin crew, um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but naturally you do need to put on a little bit of an act but these people were just genuinely really nice, and um, hats off to them. Uh, unfortunately, I'll probably never see them or speak to them again as cabin crew, but they were very, very good. Uh, there were three meals, I believe, to my knowledge. Decent meals again, absolutely nothing wrong with them. You, I, I, I can't complain too much about economy food. I'm happy to be served a meal on a plane, uh, and usually it's pretty good. There was a snack bar as well, uh, so basically a lot of airlines have adopted this like snack bar where they just lie out some cookies, some water... Um, and that means you can go and get it when you want, if you want to grab some snacks, some chips, uh, yeah, maybe a piece of fruit. They just laid these out on a seat, uh, and the staff didn't really have much to do. They did their meal service and just sort of sat at the back and chilled, so definitely a nice flight for them, I'm sure, as well. Uh, a lot more relaxing than than typically a flight would be. Uh, overall thoughts and experience? Um, enjoyed it. I mean, highlights definitely would have been the crew, as for an onboard product, like I've briefly touched on, not necessarily worth the money, and I probably would actively not fly uh, American 787 again, um, just purely because I don't think I'm going to have an as empty flight as I did this time. So I will have someone next to me, and the legroom was a massive issue, and the tray table was another pretty big problem, and uh, I guess when I don't necessarily look for things when I'm booking, I just book the cheapest ticket I can. Um, or sometimes the most fun route or different aircraft I've never flown before. I don't necessarily look towards the cabin product, uh, but having flown this cabin product, I can say that I would be actively avoiding it in the future. Um, But hey, that's my opinion, and um, you don't have to agree with me at all. You can love the product, but I just thought I would mention it, that I'm not the tallest, uh, and I found it to be pretty cramped leg-wise, and the tray table was, was not great on any of the seats. I've made a, a little a little note just to conclude on how annoying the window tint can be. Uh, the window, teat, window tint part of me was activated basically until five minutes before landing. So I missed like the sunset, basically missed most of the approach uh, and only just caught the landing. The window tint definitely has its pros and cons, but it can be frustrating when the crew controls it. Um... I know it's like a, it's almost an Airbus versus Boeing. It's like, which side are you on? Do you prefer traditional windows or window tint windows? Window tint windows? Well, the tinted windows where you have the device where you can press and then they, I think it's really cool and I think it's a, um, 
a cool feature in the sense of an advancement, but, and this is a massive but, it is very, very annoying at times. Um, especially when it's crew controlled and the crew forget about it or, or whatever it may be. Because sometimes I think there are ways you can set it, but in this situation they were controlled by the crew and it was a... Yeah. So... Like I said, not the biggest fan of those. I don't think I ever will be. And for some people, that will deter them away from flying, say, the 787. Not for me. It's just something I don't really like. Uh, but that's that's the experience on American Airlines. Would I fly them again? Yes, probably. But I wouldn't fly, like I said, on the, the 787. Um, I just would avoid that thanks to the cabin product. But as for a 14-and-a-half-hour flight that had borderline 20 people in economy, uh, absolutely no real absolutely no real complaints for my experience but from an outsider and if i was flying it again that's why i mentioned the cabinet product for you meals were good crew was grew good having three seats to myself was good easy aisle access uh and a very very empty flight so no noise win 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 and also i paid for wi-fi and the wi-fi worked throughout the whole flight so again having all those problems with Air Canada's Wi-Fi and then American Airlines worked perfectly was another very, very welcomed sight, if you will. I really, really enjoyed having that work throughout and I was able to do quite a lot of work um, on a 15-hour flight, which again, for another reason, is very important for me. Um, I've got nothing else to do and like I said, I'm not a fan of using the IFE, so being able to do some work on board the aircraft is, again, another massive win. Um... And yeah, could even watch YouTube videos if I really wanted to, but instead I just I just simply chose to work. So with that being said, that's my experience on American Airlines. If you did enjoy this podcast, do be sure to give it a review and a follow on any streaming platform because again, like I mentioned at the beginning, I've switched to Buzzsprout as the server hosting, which means you can find me on 20 plus platforms now from Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Deezer to your standard Spotify, Google and Apple, Amazon and so many more. So definitely just have an explore and find a platform that you like, or maybe there's a platform you're already using, and uh, you can definitely go back, if you will, and and listen there, because I believe it should be now readily available. Going to be working on getting some new cover art for the podcast. Not a fan of the current one. As you'll see, maybe now it's just the logo. I'm going to try and have that change. In fact, when I finish recording this, I'm going to try and... Uh, source someone to work on some cover art um and hopefully that should be ready by the time this is out because like i said this is being recorded on the 11th of june but probably won't go out for another full week so i have some time to get some cover art ready if not well you'll eventually see it i'll put it that way you'll eventually see it do have a lovely week thank you very much as always for taking the time to listen to my ramblings however pointless they may be i appreciate you uh taking any time to listen They're a great form to just ramble and talk more in depth, more opinionated, and just, I feel like, have a voice, which maybe I don't feel like I have on YouTube. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Have a lovely week. I will see you next week for another podcast, or if you are part of our Discord community uh, on YouTube, Twitter, or whatever, I will speak to you and see you there. Enjoy. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to DJ's Aviation Podcast, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. We discuss aviation news, airline developments, analyze route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. 
Make sure to like, rate, and leave a review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter and YouTube at DJ's Aviation. If you're interested in rail, check out our second channel at DJ's Transport. Till next time. 